<clears throat> yeah, so, um, here's another episode, another podcast. Uh, I'm going to go from uh, 74 to 79. So, <clears throat> when I moved from Stockton, um, we just experienced um, a heavy, a heavy experience of the Black Panther Party. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Unity, uh, a village raise a child, um, and the unity was so strong that the government had to think of strategies on how to break that up. And their main key, their most successful strategy of breaking up that unity, because, um, you know, in Stockton, they was rebelling against the police. The police couldn't come in black neighborhoods and brutalize blacks, you know, for shooting dice and just come in a black neighborhood like they're Rambo and uh, just brutalize and beat and kill blacks like we were just animals and, you know, out to be slaughtered, you know, at their, at their uh, beck and call. So... Um, to, to destroy that and this 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 distort that, they flooded the community with drugs, and at that time, heroin was the main drug. I mean, that drug was so so good to people. They created a drug that was so good, that felt so good that. You know, the average user would forsake everything for that drug. And it was cheap. It was a poor man's high. You know, at that time, cocaine, powder cocaine, was a rich man's high. But heroin was a poor man's high. It was so addictive, you know, and so devastating, you know, which is why they poured it in the black community to destroy the unity, you know, from the civil rights movements, you know, to the city-ins, to the, to the rebellions and resistance and stuff like that, that Heron broke up, uh, uh, families, you know, and, uh, in 1974, my mother was able to see that, so we moved to San Jose, you know, and, uh, when I moved to San Jose, you know, um, it was, you know, south side of Stockton was uh, segregated. So we were segregated to one community. And, you know, when I moved to San Jose, it was more integrated. It was more wide open. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is wide open land, you know. But at the same time, it was still, you know, racism was still coming, not only from the whites, but from the Hispanics as well, you know, uh, because they felt that they were lighter than us, so they was better than us, you know, but, you know, as years go by, you know, I guess they realized that they was being oppressed, oppressed and destroyed by the same demon. that was attacking us 
So anyway, so when I got to San Jose, you know, um, you know, it's totally different. It's 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 it's, it's a lot more opportunistic, you know, for me. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't as rough as Stockton. You know, it wasn't as rough, rough as the south side of Stockton. So this was easy. And I felt power because, you know, I felt that the environment was soft compared to where I was brought up with. You know, so I use that to my advantage. You know, I use uh, just my walk, the, the strength of my walk. You know, uh, as, as a means of intimidation, as a means of uh, extort, extorting. You know, because I extorted a lot when I walked around. You know, there was a lot of fear. Because I was confident in who I was, was and I knew that I was strong. And I knew that I come from, you know, uh, where Warriors was built, you know. And so, um, you know, the experiences, I was in school and I was experiencing certain things in school. But I was experiencing a lot of racism by the police. And we were going out downtown uh, San Jose and it wasn't as direct as it was in Stockton but it was still there you know which is why I don't understand if a person has been raised you know with that frame of mind for instance so I'm going to say this so if I was raised and I experienced racism so I'm 60 years old. So at that time, I was 15. Uh, when I was 74, I was 13 years old. So if I experienced racism at that time, so them police or them peoples, their kids were taught that same racism. So the next generation after me, I don't understand why they think that it doesn't exist no more because it does exist. You know, racism is a test and the only way to combat that is fight fire with fire. You know, um, I'm the type that, you know, if you got white pride, I got black pride tattooed on me. You know, and I even told, you know, this white supremacist in prison I say, you know what? I say, you may look at it like you're superior and shit like that, you know, and you're a white supremacist. I say, but we do have something in common. No matter what our differences is, we do have something in common. And this motherfucker say, what the fuck do we have in common? And I told him, I don't give a fuck about you just like you don't give a fuck about me. He laughed because, you know, uh, you know, fight fire with fire, you know. So, therefore, he realized that I wasn't going to be no passive motherfucker that was going to be intimidated by racism. I'm going to stand up to it and I'm going to fight it. And, you know, I'm willing to die for it, you know, because I'm not going to let nobody punk me because of my race. I'm not going to let nobody disrespect me because of my race, you know, so... 
anyway, um, through the trials and tribulations, you know, and experiencing that. And I think it might have been 75 or 76 when Roots came out. So when Roots came out, oh my goodness, I experienced something that I did not know that it was that intense. You know, when they showed the slaves being brutalized the way that, you know, that created anger. That created animosity. That created a rage. And that rage had me going around every time I seen a white person talking about roots, motherfucker, and I'll beat the hell out of them and take everything I can from them. You know, uh, because I felt that I'm taking something that you took from me. You know, you took a lot more from me than what I'm taking from you, but I'm still going to take something back. I'm going to fight back. And that was my way of fighting back, you know, was taking back from those who took from me. You know, it's a lot of these twisted-minded uh, suckers that rather kill each other over something that don't belong to them. They don't even own a car, but they rather to kill another black man over a neighborhood, over a street that don't even belong to them. I just cannot figure that out. You know, when you got all these white supremacists out here that really don't give a damn about you, you know, your race and your culture, but you rather go and kill your own folks, you know, over something that don't belong to you. Actually, it belongs to the white supremacists. So it's like you killing another Negro for the master's plantations. I just never could understand that. But anyway, um, 75, uh, 76, um, San Jose started growing. They started doing a lot of building, you know. East Ridge Mall was the hangout. Uh, they built independent school. Uh, we was going to Frontier Village. Then they built Great America. And so it was expanding. It was a lot of things to do. We used to go hiking and camping and Big Basin and Santa Cruz and Watsonville and stuff like that. You know, so from the experience of living in Stockton to living in San Jose with all these recreational activities, it was a beautiful thing. It was mind-expanding. It was uh, an experience of experiencing different cultures, experiencing different views in life experiencing different journeys you know when you know uh people back in stockton were still in their same neighborhoods you know sierra vista you know some of them was talking about that's my hood that's where i'm gonna die that's where i'm from you know and it's a big old world of opportunities and beautiful experiences out in you know in life you know so i experienced that and so my mind and and, and opportunities grew you know, because it started expanding with different experiences, different cultures, and different uh, views on life. And letting me know what my capabilities, what my potential, because I've seen different things. And when I've seen different things, I've seen people having different things. And by me seeing people having different things, and I, my thought process was, well, I want what they got. And if they can get it, I can get it. 
You know, so, you know, in order to get it, you got to use your brain. Your brain is like a muscle. You got to exercise it. You know, once you exercise it, it grows stronger, just like anything else. You know, so I started exercising my brain on what I'm capable of doing, what I can do, you know, and what I'm going to do. You know, and this gave me a direction. This gave me goals. This gave me plans, you know, because a person without no direction, goals, and plans is going to bump into each obstacle that's out there that's going to stagnate them from moving forward because they don't have no plan. They don't have no direction. So anyway, um, 79, 70, I mean, 76, 77, 78, um, it was a lot of partying, you know, because a lot of people accomplished a lot from the civil rights movements. And the blacks were so enjoying all the jobs, enjoying the programs that was for the blacks. You know, they threw their guards down. You know, so um, the, the hair run was still going, but it wasn't that that bad in Stockton, you know. So, I mean, in San Jose, but then, you know, San Jose, it was a lot more money. And a lot of people was trying to live, trying to be like whites. You know, they have an opportunity, they got jobs, they got money. So now they feel that they're equal to their oppressors, you know, so a lot of blacks was experimenting with cocaine, you know, they saying it was a rich man's high, so black man thinking that, oh, I'm a rich man, you know, I got money now, I'm not broke, I can buy me a car, I can buy me a low rider, you know, I can buy me a hot rod, and, you know, the cost of living was affordable, you know, so, and, and at that time, they had the Ford Motor Company, uh, they had General Motors, so a lot of blacks had jobs. They had Hewlett Packard. A lot of blacks had jobs in San Jose, and the money was going down, you know. And you could see it. They had black pride, black unity. Uh, they had breakfast programs in Story Road apartments, and you know, so we had the unity there, you know. But then San Jose saying to themselves, "Well, you know, I see the racism in San Jose." They said, we're not going to let San Jose become no Oakland, Stockton, or San Francisco. So they started strategically uh, running blacks out of San Jose. You know, but that's getting a little bit ahead of time. So I'm going to stick to, you know, 76, 77, 78. You know, and that's when, you know, the partying started going. You know, but at that time, you know, racism was still getting rampant because... You know, people didn't want to see blacks come up. You know, and every time in the history of the United States, every time blacks started coming up, these racist demons always found out a way to destroy our growth, you know. So we was experiencing a lot of racism, you know, from the whites and the Mexicans, you know, which has come to the time when I decide that I'm going to start a gang, you know, because I experienced... Uh, situation with gangs, so I'm saying, you know, because of my background and because of where I'm from, I said, well, we're going to start a vanguard, you know, for our community, you know, and um, that's when I started the San Jose Rips, you know, uh, we went through military training, uh, uh, we, we, basically a lot of military training, you know, uh, self uh, hand-to-hand combat, you know, and protected, 
you know, what we felt was our demonstration in our community. And I'm not talking about no neighborhood. I'm talking about the culture. But anyway, um, I'm going to start because this is going to be 77. So I'm going to say from 74 to 77. And then I will resume uh, this program uh, on the next episode. But anyway, enjoy your evening, day, or morning. Peace.